I'm Danny Kelly, host of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. And from now until the draft, we are turning our feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show to talk all things draft with me, Danny Heifetz, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. Check us out on Tuesdays and Thursdays and search the Ringer NFL Draft Show. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER and visit rg-help.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Let's roll, baby. It is the East Coast Bias Crew, backed by popular demand here on the Ring of Gambling feed. For our friends over at FanDuel TV, there is a lot cooking It is the week of the NBA playing games. We will have the first round of the NBA playoffs Saturday full slate, Sunday full slate. There is a lot to digest here. Joe House looking fresh after his trip back from Augusta. Raheem Palmer ready to go red hot with the 100. Uh, Boys, it's an exciting week. We have the odds to win the title. We have the odds for the Eastern Conference. We have the odds for the Western Conference. House. As we get ready for the NBA playoffs here, give me the overview right now of where you see the league. Obviously, a little bit more wide open than the league has been in years past. You don't want to get nuts with these teams, though, that are in the middle of the pack. As we get ready to go through these next couple of weeks, next couple of months, what is like the overarching future standpoint storyline that you're going to be watching? So to me, there's there's two storylines that I'm interested in, fascinated by, excited to see. One is the young teams making the progress that they need to make with playoff reps, getting playoff chops. And I'm talking especially about the Memphis Grizzlies. I want the Memphis Grizzlies to make a big step up in terms of their playoff uh, uh, competitiveness. And we're going to see right out of the box, it seems, the way it's kind of lined up right now, They're going to take on the Los Angeles Lakers and immediately be confronted with a challenge of are are we ready? Where are we? It's a benchmark uh, measuring stick kind of series right out of the box for a young franchise. In the East, the same thing is, is, is true from my point of view with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I want to see where they're at. They made the, 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 the great move over the summer to bring in Donovan Mitchell 
and to and to boost that team to elevate that team's competitiveness in the Eastern Conference and see if they can you know put up put up a, a good fight against the Milwaukee Bucks in in the second round. That's the measuring stick for them. So young teams, young franchises trying to take that that step up, trying to make that leap. That's one storyline. The other one to me is the West. I mean, right now as we sit here every week, we come on this show. And I'm flipping and flopping and I'm gyrating. I went on with the podcast pod father, his podcast last Thursday. And he asked me who's coming out of the West. And I said, the Golden State Warriors. What? Well, what? You're, you're back in on the Warriors? When you did this why? happen? Because they're back in. They, they got Andrew Wiggins back. Gary Payton Jr. is, is playing basketball. The version of Wiggins will be the really interesting thing. What version of Wiggins do we get? But, dude, that's that's the defending champion. We haven't seen anything from any other team in the West that, to me, is compelling. I certainly am not going to invest heavily in the Phoenix Suns. I don't know what to, what to make of Denver. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver ends up in the conference finals. But you know, there, there's no reason, from my perspective, as we sit here right now, to fade the Golden State Warriors. I'm not fading the team that's been doing it for a decade that's got all their guys back. Well, Raheem, one thing here, I'm looking, House might have moved the market because all of a sudden the Warriors to win the title, they were hovering around 10 to 1, 11 to 1. Like that was the number as of a week ago, two weeks ago. Right now, as we look on FanDuel Sportsbook, plus 750 for the Warriors to go win the title. So, Maybe our guy House is pulling some strings here behind the curtain, Raheem, that we don't know about. Just saying. I mean, the market seems to respect the Golden State Warriors. This is, I mean, I think House nailed it when he mentioned the Golden State Warriors. This is probably the biggest storyline of the season for me. I mean, the 6 seed Warriors, they opened up at minus 300 on a series price to beat the 3 seed Kings. I mean, right now that line is down to minus 260 plus 215. And historically, since... 1990, no top three seed has been that big of a series underdog by such a, a large margin. And when you look at the Golden State Warriors, they became the 19th team to lose 30 or more road games and make the playoffs. Of the previous 18, 17 were eliminated in the first round. Only the 84 Suns has made the conference finals. So a lot of people in the market are giving this Golden State Warriors team the benefit of the doubt based on what they've done in the past um, and then also based on what they feel like the Kings are. I mean, this Kings team, I mean, they're first in offensive rating, but they're 25th in defensive rating. So um, a lot of people are viewing this as a bad matchup for the Kings, and people continue to give that benefit of the doubt to the Warriors. But I don't know. It's a tough one for me. That's interesting. You know, for me, from a storyline perspective, I'm surprised neither one of you went in this direction, especially you, Raheem, because they are your boys. They are your Philadelphia 76ers. It looks like Joel Embiid is on his way to winning an MVP award. And to me, the most fascinating storyline in the Eastern Conference, can the Philadelphia 76ers break through and get to a conference finals and have a legitimate shot of getting to an NBA finals? Like, to me, th that is what I'm intrigued by. Boston has gotten to an NBA finals. Milwaukee with Giannis won a title two years ago. I want to see if this is the year for Philadelphia. And there's value, if you believe, number one, that this is the year for Philadelphia. And then in the West, listen, it's simple for me. It's the Phoenix Suns. They've been great with Kevin Durant on the court. We know how last year's postseason 
ended up against the Dallas Mavericks. Bitter, bitter disappointment. Absolute no-show in Game 7. So, Raheem, the Sixers and the Suns, like when I'm thinking about what I am most intrigued by, it's the idea of Philly. Is this a year they make a deep run? And is Kevin Durant going to buck this trend here? I, Guys, I, I've been following the NBA since I'm six years old. I can't think of a time in my life where the best player on a team gets traded like 40 games, 45, 50 games into the year. All of a sudden, boom, comes to that given team. And that given team, Raheem, goes and wins the NBA title. Like, there, there's no precedent for this, at least in my lifetime, dude. I think, you know, the example that they gave on the, the the Bill Simmons podcast, the closest one that I could think of is Rashid Wallace. Um, but, you know, that team wasn't built to have just one great player. It was, it was you know, a combination. I'm, I mean, Ben Wallace was probably their best player. But, I mean, Rashid Wallace probably put them over the hump. So that's the only one I could think of. But, I mean, like you said, there's no precedent for this at all. <laughs> and the thing, JJ, that I want to urge caution as it relates to the 8-0 record that the Suns have, if you sit down and dissect those matchups, the teams that they went up against, and look at even the best team they played on paper was Denver, and Denver didn't send anybody to that basketball game. Exactly what you want for the Suns in terms of not playing any competitive teams as you try and find an identity on the fly at this late uh, uh, stage of the season, but... I'm glad they won those games. I'm just telling you, I'm not that impressed. It's not something that you can like really take a big fork and stick it into a beautiful plate of Waffle House, Waffle House hash browns like I did last week down in Augusta, Georgia. I just, it's not, it's not the, it's not meal time. I think the 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 most fascinating thing to me, and I'm not trying to step on where we're headed in the show. This Phoenix Clippers matchup is crazy. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know if I'm going to bet on it until we start watching them play some basketball games because it's a crazy matchup. But in terms of the storyline writ large, I'm not prepared to do a damn thing with Phoenix. I need to see them play some playoff basketball. All right, Raheem, are they overvalued in this market? That's that's the general consensus, right? Like they add Kevin Durant, we know they've looked great. To House's point, they played Cupcake City as far as I'm concerned. I know I sound like Dick Vitale right now, but a lot of cupcakes on that on that schedule. That's all there is to it. But Durant, ready to go. The Suns, ready to go. Are they properly priced in the futures market, or is there too much overvalue action the way you see it, Dream, with the Suns? I think this is a tough one for me. I mean, when you look at the Suns team, I mean, with Kevin Durant in the lineup, they're scoring 121 points per 100 possessions. But, you know, like we've said, we haven't really seen this team truly get tested. I mean, they haven't had a tough schedule. I mean, you just kind of don't know what you're going to get from them. And then you watch that Thursday night game against the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets put their B team out there on TNT because they had everything wrapped up. And the Suns barely won that game. So, I mean, this is a team that I just don't know if we've really seen enough from this team to make a judgment. Now, I have my thoughts when it comes to this Clippers series. I do think the Clippers can push this team. When you look at the Suns team, you know, last year, if you've been listening to East Coast Bias, my very first episode on East Coast Bias, I predicted the Mavs would beat the Suns and go to the Western Conference Finals. And one of the reasons why is because this Suns team is a perimeter-oriented team that takes the majority of their shots from mid-range 
But when you look at the Clippers, the Clippers are the number third ranked three-point shooting team in the league. And I think if they up their volume of threes, they can really push this Suns team and, and cause a math problem. So I do think the the Suns can be the Clippers can be a little bit more competitive than what the market is indicating, but I think the Suns still have the edge. All right, boys. The current odds to win the NBA championship. FanDuel up to the minute. Milwaukee, the favorite at plus 240. Boston plus 370. The aforementioned Phoenix Suns are at plus 460. House's Golden State Warriors, they're at plus 750. Raheem's Philadelphia 76ers, 9 to 1. My Denver Nuggets, I don't like that this line is moving against the Nuggets. They are now at 11 to 1. And then you get to the long shots. The Lakers at 22 to 1. Memphis at 24 to 1. The Clippers at 40 to 1. The Cavs at 42 to 1. The Kings at 50 to 1. The Knicks plus. 10 zillion million to one, whatever the case may be. House, I give you any of these odds now and you have an opportunity to hop in. I'm giving you a free slate. I'm giving you a free bet, courtesy of your boy, John Jastrzemski. What would be the futures bet you take right now in the NBA title? The same one I've been making all along, which is the Milwaukee Bucks to win the NBA title. I oh, mean, so you don't want any value? You're saying, nah, just take your honest, give me the team to beat, and away we go. It, okay. It's not enough value. Like I, I am, I like that you pinpointed Philadelphia as a as a live act in this upcoming drama that we're gonna watch. And I'm going I'm gonna like very keenly pay attention to that market as that Boston Philly matchup kind of comes in into view. I want to I want a certainty around health of, of both of those teams. To me, that's the very best opportunity. This is the very best opportunity that Philadelphia is going to have in the Embiid era to jump over and 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 take down the team that they just can't get past, which is the Boston Celtics. But at those prices, you're saying to win the NBA championship. I just don't want to make that investment. I want to make my investment in in the run up uh, and try and, and pick spots for value in, in that manner. Raheem, I ask you the same question. I give you a free bet, courtesy of your boy. Get in on somebody to win the NBA championship right here, right now. Who are you taking? It's the Denver Nuggets at eleven to one. I think this is this line is very disrespectful. Now I know the Denver Nuggets; they haven't tried for you know the last month of the season, and I know they've they, they've kind of just been struggling. But I think they just kind of quit on the year, knowing that they have everything wrapped up. And I just think for them to be the number one seed, they've been the best team in the West all season long. I think to get them at eleven to one. I, I just think there's a ton of value there, even though they would likely be facing the Phoenix Suns in the, in the second round in the postseason. I just think, you know, they're going up against a Suns team, which has a ton of uncertainty. I mean, when's the last time Kevin Durant has played a full postseason and been healthy? Since 2018, when he was with the Warriors, when he tore his Achilles. I didn't have any great I mean, hairs back then, by the way. 2018. Actually, I might have. I don't even know. I might have. I just want to say it right up here. You got to let me live. I, I, I mean, it's all good. I mean, but you look at Chris Paul. He's Larry Holmes status, flabby and sick. I just think the Denver Nuggets, to me, at 11-1, to 1, that line is disrespectful. And just to put that in perspective, the Philadelphia 76ers, they're in a conference. They're in a better conference with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. They're at 9-1. to 1. How is it that the Philadelphia 76ers have better odds than the Denver Nuggets. I mean, give me the Denver Nuggets at plus 11-1. Well, as someone that has a ticket on the Denver Nuggets from the beginning of the year to win a title, I am very happy to hear that, Raheem. But if I had a free bet, courtesy of myself, 
And maybe I do. Maybe our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook are watching right now on FanDuel TV, and they're going to be like, all right, we're taking care of our boy. I would add to the portfolio your Sixers, dude. I- I'm telling you, I got a weird feeling about the Sixers in this postseason. I understand they've played terribly and have matched up terribly with the Boston Celtics. And Bead looks like a man on a mission. And, and I did not love the overall feel of what I got from this. The Celtics, to me, do not look like the same team that we saw earlier this year. Like, I just think they're gettable, bro. I think they're beatable. I think Embiid can go and be the best player in the series and dominate the series. And listen, I understand Milwaukee's tough to beat. But again, that price house, I think that price is telling you the Sixers are legitimately live to go in on a serious, serious run, not only in the Eastern Conference, but maybe the whole damn thing, dude. You know, I have to push back on that a little bit. And, you know, the reason why is because, I mean, when you look at this Philadelphia 76ers team, during the second half of the year, they were absolutely dominant until you got to that March 20th game against the Chicago Bulls. And I don't know if you saw that. They played a two-game series against the Chicago Bulls. On the first night of the, the first first game against the series, James Harden hurt his Achilles. And since then, he has not been the same player. And you look at the the last nine games in which James Harden played with the Sixers. The Sixers went four and five with a net rating of negative 0.9. So I look at the Sixers team, and the biggest thing that I see is that they don't have they're not a, a deep team like the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not deep like the Boston Celtics. Who is going to be that guy other than Tyrese Maxey who's going to go out there and say, you know what, I'm going to give you 25 today. Tobias is a little bit inconsistent and probably a little bit unfit for his role as a spot-up shooter. And, you know, when I look at the Sixers team, they're going to need James Harden to be 2000 to 2003 Kobe Bryant. And they're going to need Embiid to be Shaq. I think I think Embiid is up for the task, but we've seen James Harden disappoint time and time and again. And with him coming in to the to postseason with this Achilles injury, I'm a little concerned. You don't trust him. That's what it boils down to. You don't trust Harden. And listen, House, I think Embiid will do his part. I think he will have a monster postseason. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves here with the Celtics and with the Philadelphia 76ers. Because listen, we got to get through round one, of course. But I do think, do you see value that house at 9-1 for the Sixers, or are you not buying it? I, I just don't like it. I Dream just sold me on the on the Nuggets at 11-1. to 1. I'd rather play that ticket than, than Philly. The, the single biggest limiting factor with the Sixers, and it sounds like, you know, we're, it's a broken record thing. It's it's Doc. It's Doc Rivers. Like, you, you, Glenn. you, you know, it's Glenn. <laughs> he, he, Dream knows. It's like... It's, it's Harden is one thing, and 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 Dream drilling down into that Harden injury and the difference since he he took that on. That's a theme throughout these the, this first round, these 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 playing games, all, all of it, right? Like a lot of guys have injuries that are a tiny bit below the radar that you got to pay attention to, and it definitely will affect the handicap. But I, nine to one isn't enough uh, of a reward for for the Sixers for me. All right, my guys are out on the Sixers. They're out. I think the reason why it's priced at nine to one is because the, you got to understand these future bets are like parlays. So you're parlaying multiple series bets. And when you look at that first round series that the Philadelphia 76ers have, they're taking on a Brooklyn Nets team and the Nets don't really have anybody for Joe Embiid. Nick Claxton, I mean, like Embiid outweighs him by 65 pounds. He could throw him around like a rag doll. So, I mean, most people are expecting the Philadelphia 76ers to win that in four or five. So that's why this number is priced so low. 
All right, speaking of serious prices, coming up next, we have some markets. Knicks Cavs, there's a price. Nets Sixers, there's a price. Suns Clippers, there is a price. The boys will dive in. That's coming up next. Hey, hey, betting buddies, the NBA playoffs are here, and you can turn crossovers into cash with your boys at FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash gamblers. Right now, place a $5 bet. You'll get an instant $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The boys on East Coast Bias are all about some series prices out there. We like the Phoenix to win their series in four or five games. We like Golden State to handle their business against the Kings. Just jump on the FanDuel app. Great promotions every day. Safe and secure. You get paid instantly. And multiple markets, including correct score in the series and a spread for each series as well. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Just go to FanDuel.com slash gamblers and sign up to get $150 in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. The first online real money wager only. A $10 deposit is required. The refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts. Call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369 in New York. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. If you're in Arizona, you call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 533-42 in Connecticut, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. In Kansas, Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. Visit in Maryland, www.mdgamblinghelp.org. Wyoming, 1-800-522-4700, or in West Virginia, visit www. Dot 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. All right, let's get right to it. Serious price. I'm going to start here, Raheem, because you just hit on it a moment ago. Your Sixers, who you don't love from a futures standpoint, but you do like in this series against the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to ask you this right out of the gate. Is there value taking Philly four or five games? And I know you could say, well, the Philadelphia 76ers going to fool around here. Maybe the Nets get hot for a game or two, hit a bunch of threes, whatever the case may be. They have no answer for Embiid. This, in theory, should be a relatively short series. Do you think your Sixers struggle at all with Brooklyn in round one? 
No, I don't think they struggle at all. I mean, when you look at, you know, the Sixers with James Harden and Joel Embiid on the court, they're scoring 122 points per 100 possessions, and they're getting like 30 free throw attempts per 100 shot attempts. So, I mean, they're going to the line at will. They're going to continue to go to the line at will with them just only having Knicks clacks in the guard Embiid. I mean, the, the backup is De'Ron Sharp. I mean, is going to put all of these guys in foul trouble. And then, you know, another caveat here is that I know Mikael Bridges, is he's making his Kawhi Leonard-esque leap. Um, you know, you saw his usage rate go from 19% to 30%, and he's averaging like 26 points a game. But this is going to be the first time in his NBA career where he's going to be the focal point of an NBA scouting report. And they can kind of lock in to slow this guy down. And you look at Spencer Dinwiddie. He's been struggling. I just think the Sixers are going to make quick work of these guys. They should be able to wrap this up in, in five. I'm going to give the Nets one game just with, you know, Glenn Rivers and the Sixers just, you know, being weird. But besides that, I think you could safely lay Philadelphia minus two and a half games and you should be fine. House, that is at minus 162 right now on FanDuel. Philly minus two and a half games against the Brooklyn Nets. You like it? It's fine. I don't have any argument with it. I don't have any any counter to it. I'll go ahead and, and lay the it's it's plus one ninety-five for the Sixers to win in five games. I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and play that a little bit as well. Like, you know, maybe a full unit on on the minus two and uh uh you know, half unit on plus one ninety-five. That'll be the way that I I, I play this series. I, there's three point variance when when the team like the Nets has all those all those wing guys. You know, may, maybe they shoot 43 percent from three one game, and the Sixers just shut it down, rest up, and and take care of business. That that's not uh, completely out of the question. I mean, if you think about Brooklyn, they have absolutely legitimately nothing to lose in this series. I mean, you want to talk about a series where you could just basically roll out the balls, let it all hang loose. Nothing to fear. Jock Vaughn got that team into the playoffs. They avoid the plan. They had to deal with all the nonsense surrounding Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, coaching changes, you name it. So pretty commendable from a Brooklyn standpoint that they're even in this spot. Round of applause to them. All right. Now we get to house. Now I'm biased here. So I just want to throw this out there. You know, a lot of people are going to say, well, Clippers and Suns is the I mean, we are East Coast series, biased. Or, so or this literally. Is the, no, 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 no. I live in the Big Apple. I wish I had my Patrick Ewing bobblehead behind me right now or my Clyde Frazier uh, cow suit that I was wearing for the show. Instead, Raheem and I got to wear matching sweatshirts. I guess we missed the memo. Sorry, House. Anyway, the Knickerbockers taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. House, I was surprised with this series line. It was a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. Cleveland right now is basically a two-to-one favorite. We don't know at the moment what the role is going to be for Julius Randle. Does he play in game one? Is he out for the remainder of the series? Does he come back midway through the series? Nobody knows the deal yet with Julius. But do you think that series price with Cleveland favored by two to one, it's factoring in the Randle injury? I I think it's got to be, right? It's way too high. I, I couldn't agree more. I think the price is wrong. It, th- this series, to me, is much closer to a toss-up. The implied probability, the, the line right now on FanDuel is plus 172. That's an implied probability of like 41%. So you're saying it's a 60-40 in favor of the Cavs to win this series. I don't think that at all. And there's a, a whole series of reasons. And and the, the injury thing 
really permeates both sides of of the analysis because to 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 dream's good point about the hardened Achilles there's a Jared Allen groin out there there's Jalen Brunson still coming back from from you know his, his injury uh, a couple weeks ago and the status of Randall is meaningful but i kind of like the where where the Knicks are in terms of of you know Emmanuel quickly as a guy that can step up and fill some of that offensive load the thing that I, I, I um, you know, just am trying to get my head around as I size this thing up is, is Cleveland a regular season phenomena? Are they built for a run in, 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 in the postseason? Is there another gear for Cleveland? That's been the criticism of all Tibbs teams for, for so long that the Tibbs teams don't have another gear that they are regular season heroes, and when it comes to the postseason, Tibbs coach teams don't, you know, and and his record, like you know, when he's an underdog, he's terrible, six and twenty two straight up as a dog, uh, which is I- indicative of the the notion that his teams, you know, b- blow their whole, uh, you know, all, all their 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 value up up on the regular season. I think this is a close matchup. I know that the Knicks. Do not fear in any way, shape, or form this Cleveland Cavaliers team. They are they give zero Fs about what this Cleveland Cavaliers team is in 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 the fourth quarter in the clinch. They beat them three three games to one. I don't think they have any problem going into Cleveland. So I just think the the price to me is wrong with Randall or without Randall. Yeah, this is a really tough one for me. And the, the biggest reason why is because there's a bunch of nagging injuries on both sides. I mean, we know about Julius Randle. Um, you know, House already mentioned that Jared Allen has been banged up. He's missed the last 12 games of the regular season with a groin injury. And when you have those soft t- tissue injuries, you know, that could change everything. And, you know, a big part, you know, the Knicks have some bigs in there. They got Mitchell Robinson, you know, and it's just you're going to need Jared Allen to be able to grab some rebounds and defend the paint. Another injury that is, you know, like it's not being mentioned enough is Isaac Coral. He missed the last five games of the season with a knee injury. Now, what people don't realize is he's probably their best wing defender. And, you know, you can go all the way back to last year with Jalen Brunson torching Donovan Mitchell. You can look at this year. He torched Karis LeVert. He, he torched Donovan Mitchell. When Isaac Coral is actually guarding Brunson, Brunson only went two for 11. And, when you look at Mobley and Allen, when when Julius Randle was matched up against them, he went 13 of 33 and 6 of six of 18 from 2, 7 of 15 from 3. So, you know, if Cleveland is healthy, I think they have the edge here. I'm going to be honest with you. I just think, you know, they have the better starting lineup. I think New York has depth. But the one thing that we see from the postseason is that, like, postseason games aren't won with depth. Is with starting lineups, and I think the Cleveland Cavaliers by far have the better starting lineup. It's just a matter if they're healthy. So, um, yeah, I want to get a little bit more information, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I would lay the minus one and a half with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just think, you know, this is this is just there's levels to this thing, and you know, one thing I will say, and I always mention this all the time: Donovan Mitchell is a big time playoff performer. There's only six guys in NBA history with a higher playoff scoring average than him. You know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Luka, Jerry West. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's Allen Iverson. It, it's just not too many guys. So I, I like the Cavs in this series if they're healthy. 
I'm going the other way here as far as this series being super competitive. I think the Knicks are going to have a major chip on their shoulder. Guys, remember a couple of years ago, they were the four seed. They weren't any good. They were regular season heroes. They matched up with the Atlanta Hawks. And let's be honest, after game one, Atlanta stuck it to them. They ended up winning the series in five games. It ended up being non-competitive. I don't get the sense we get a repeat of that. And I think the biggest reason why, you know, you mentioned Raheem Donovan Mitchell being a killer. And he is. Don't get me wrong. He's had some monster playoff performances. You also mentioned Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson has been a dog for the New York Knickerbockers. He has changed the entire feel and the entire complexion of what they do at the end of games. I think clearly he has to be the best player in this series for the Knicks to have a legitimate chance to win. But I like, there's a couple of different things here. I like the fact that the Knicks are not starting at home in this series. I do. I think it, it, it takes a little of the pressure off of them. If they can go and get one of the first two games on the road, then all of a sudden they come back, revved up Madison Square Garden crowd. Uh, the presence of certain guys on this team. They're mu- the Knicks, to me, are a much deeper. I know we don't want to get nuts about rotations. Knicks have a tight rotation, right? Like, they're not... They're not playing nine, ten guys. They're playing really seven to eight guys all year. Hart coming in gets after it on defense. Energizer Bunny. And I think the key to this series, outside of Brunson, is what you get out of quickly. That, to me, House, you talk about sources of, quote-unquote, secondary scoring. Emmanuel quickly has shown you in some big games. We saw it in Boston a couple weeks ago that he could be a guy that could put the team on his back. If the Knicks are going to cover one and a half, which I like them to do, Raheem, so I'm going heads up with you on that at minus 128. And if the Knicks are going to be live to win this series, I don't even look at Randall as like the biggest key. If anything, Randall coming back, I kind of worry. Like, is it going to upset the apple cart? You're getting good minutes out of Grimes. You're getting good minutes out of Obi Toppin, who has really stepped up. But quickly stepping up with Brunson, can those two guys go and torch the Cavaliers in the backcourt and be the difference in the series? It, it, that's exactly where it comes down to from my perspective, Dream. I mean, I think that, that mm. that's it. And the way that I'm going to play these first couple games is just props on those guys. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to get in the props market. I want to be on the Mitchell Robinson props market because I think that um, the Jared Allen situation is going to create some opportunity for, for my guy, Mitchell Robinson. And then both, both uh, quickly and, and Brunson, those guys, I'll go ahead and be a little bullish at the outset of this thing because of what JJ just described in terms of them coming in, uh, you know, with a chip on their shoulder, ready to show out, ready to be, be something. And then, um, you know, I, I think the Knicks honestly would be better served letting Randall come back when they return home. Like don't put the pressure on Randall to show up in Cleveland, let that ankle heal ankles take a long time. So just let him, let him get, get himself, you know, sort of back into some semblance of gain shape and that gives them another whole, you know, five, six, seven days from where we sit right now. We have one more series to break down, gentlemen. Seems like we got a little heads up action. House, would you be willing to take the Knicks at plus 170 right now to win the series? Yep. Sure. Me too. No issue. Me too. I think they're live in the series. I do. I th- Because I think that number is just a little overvalued. I think it's a little inflated. I do. 
I'm gonna be honest with you, I can see it. And I and like I just want to make this this clear. This is not a definitive pick for me yet, just until I see the injury status of Jared Allen and Isaac Coral. I mean, I think if those guys are out, I definitely don't want to be laying the minus one and a half. Um, so I, I'm gonna sit tight on that, but I think that's the direction that I'm leaning. I, I just think the injuries in this series, I mean, more than any other series, it, it's gonna have an impact here. Uh Raheem, quickly. A coral Allen, more important for Cleveland, you think, in this first round matchup. I'm going to say Allen, just because, you know, New York has you know so many bigs. Um, but a, a Coral is, I mean, it's absolutely huge. I mean, <laughs> like, I can't stress this enough that, you know, New York doesn't, I mean, the Cavs just don't have the perimeter guys to defend Brunson. And, you know, even quickly can get off as well. So, um, you know, that's a real concern for me. But, I mean, if it's, an offense, if it's an offensive series, I mean, I still like the Cavs and their ability to score with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. All right. We got one more series where there's a price that's already listed. Excuse me. I misspoke. You know what? I do that. I make mistakes. I make mistakes pretty often. We have two more series prices we got to break down. Both are in the Western Conference. And we'll find out if Raheem can officially quit the Los Angeles Clippers. Raheem, you have been on the Clippers all year. They have been your baby. They have been, you know, uh, your guiding light. You know, you've held on, you've held on, you've held on. Now, you're getting them plus 300, you name it, to go and take down Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. You have one more opportunity to get on board and get back into bed with the Clippers. Will you be willing to do so? Not willing to do so. Um, And the big reason why is obviously Paul George is out um, for the start of this series. I think if Paul George was playing, I think, you know, with their ability to switch, um, pick and rolls and, you know, kind of force, you know, the Suns into some isolation, I think they would cause some problems for the Suns. And I, I probably would pick them to win this series if Paul George isn't playing, but unfortunately he isn't. So um, when you look at, you know, I mentioned it earlier, you know, with Kevin Durant in the lineup, the Suns are 8-0. They're scoring 121 points per one to possession. So I, I just, I see this as a series in which the Suns should win, but I do think the Suns, they have a math problem on their hands. And you look at this Clippers team, the Clippers, their third and three-point shooting percentage. And you look at the Suns team. Last year, I picked the, the Mavericks against them. A big reason why is because, you know, this is a perimeter-oriented team that takes a ton of mid-range jumpers. I think they're only 19th in three-point shooting frequency. So I see this as a series where the Suns should win, but I think the, the Clippers can kind of make things tough by creating a math problem, by, you know, shooting a ton of threes. And then they also have multiple bigs. They have Zubak. They have, you know, Mason Pumbley. I just think, you know, if you look at this series, I just think, you know, this is the first this is the first time in a while where we got Kawhi Leonard versus, versus Kevin Durant. And, you know, Kevin Durant is great, but I think Kawhi Leonard can, you know, match his, his point output. And, you know, another caveat is that we have Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant. So I'm I'm going to take the Clippers plus two and a half games. I think they keep it close still, at least two games. Um, but I, I can't pick them to win this series with no Paul George. Raheem, what do you think about plus one and a half games? Is that not enough for your liking at plus one thirty? Nah, I, I can't do that at all. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Because if the Suns win it, I mean, the Suns win in six, you're you're done. And I think that's a likely scenario. I mean, you know, the pod father, he um he's supposed to come on the pod. Uh, 
podcast today, um, he said- He bailed on he, us. I wasn't going to dime him out, but now that you did, he bailed. That's okay. We, we take- I mean, we he, save he's a business around here. We save receipts. What did Jay-Z say? He's not a businessman. He's a businessman. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he actually- uh, yeah, he yeah. actually <laughs> he actually liked the the Suns plus two hundred um to win in five games. Um, me personally, I had a minor disagreement. I think you know the Suns probably get it done in six. How say you playing the series? I like I I, I don't want to play it. <laughs> That's the, the answer. <laughs> uh, I am going to have something at the outset. I'm going to do this. I'm going to like pay some respect to Ty Lue, to Kawhi. In a little bit, I always, I always have Russell Westbrook. He has a soft spot in my heart because of his little stint here in Washington, dragging that sorry ass team with sorry ass Bradley Beal into the playoffs, and and you know they got worked by the Sixers, but still it gave me a little bit of life. I'm just going to pay respect to the Clippers in the form of a four two beatdown from the Suns. That's plus plus four ten. So I'll just say Suns to to win. It's a it's a correct score bet. Suns. Win the series four to two plus four ten. I'll have a little nibble on that. Yeah, I think Suns in five, Suns in six to me is the way I would kind of handicap this series. I think it will have moments. I think it will be an entertaining watch. I just can't see Phoenix losing in the first round. That's what it boils down to. Now, the other series we have a market on, and I actually have a play already locked in for this one house. I think you're going to like this because we talked about this a few weeks ago. I am going to root like crazy for the Sacramento Kings in this series. I really am. Like, how can you not? They haven't been in the playoffs in forever. They're such a likable team. I love my guy Sabonis from watching him in college at Gonzaga. I love De'Aaron Fox from his time at Kentucky. He made me a lot of money back in that tournament run. And I like to root against the Warriors. That's just the way I roll. I root against the favorites. It's no fun rooting for the same team again and again and again. Now, do I think Sacramento's going to win this series? No, I, I don't. I, I think Golden State's a better team. I think they find a way. However, they have game one on Saturday night in what is going to be a raucous, fired up, juiced up Sacramento crowd. Raheem detailed earlier in the show, and it's obvious, the Warriors stink on the road. Here's how I'm playing this series. This might be a little bit of a risk for me, but you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. I think Sacramento's winning game one. I think they're going to have a moment. I think their crowd is going to go nuts. They're on primetime ABC. Everyone's going to be hooting and hollering. I'm in on that. Then I'm going to let my head kind of work its magic. I'm going to take Sacramento to win game one, and I'm going to take the Golden State Warriors to win this series at plus 210. How do you feel about that, House? Yeah, I like it. And that that's a script that I can easily uh, get on board with. I don't have any issue whatsoever with this young Kings team coming out Let's light the beam on national TV to kick off the playoffs. Give that team their flowers. They 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 earned it, but that's another team that fits that category of young team. Still, that there there ain't no playoff chops on that team. There's nobody on that team with Jenny. I mean, you could say Harrison Barnes, but you know, come on. He he he's not the the He's not going to assert Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes, Barnes Revenge Series. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But, but you know, so I, I want to celebrate this Kings team. I want I want to celebrate what they did in, in a season when the, the whole gosh darn league took took the, the regular season for granted, took it off. The Kings brought it out. They said, look, man, this is we're going to establish an identity. This is we're going to we're going to, you know, create a. a a, a real chemistry here and they did it. And, and I want to give them their flowers. 
I love this game one pick. I'm taking the Golden State to win the series 100%. Yeah, I'm with JJ on this. Um, He kind of stole the words right out of, my, out of my mouth. But, you know, one thing I will add is that I think you got to take the Kings first half in that game. Um, you know, we all know about just the Warriors. Just to be, thir- you know, juiced up because of the crowd, because of the atmosphere. Yeah, just, okay. yeah exactly. And, you know, we all know about Warriors third quarters and how dangerous they are in those third quarters. So I, I think you want to take the first half. I do agree with taking the full game as well. Um, but, you know, it's unfortunate that we haven't seen Andrew Wiggins with this team in, in, in quite some time. But, you know, with Andrew Wiggins in the lineup, I mean, this Warriors team still has one of the best starting lineups. And one of the things that I said earlier, playoff games are won with starting lineups, not with depth. So I think, you know, the biggest issue for the Warriors this season has been their bench. They haven't had a bench. So, I mean, you get Wiggins back. We still don't know the status of him and when he's going to work his way through things. Um, but I, I do think that the Kings win game one. You played them first half, you played them full game, and then I think you readjust from there. I mean, it's just tough for me just because, you know, from a numbers perspective, it says that this line is wrong. If you're looking at all the analytics from what you saw this year, um, there's no way in the world that, you know, the Kings should be dogs here. Um, so, I mean, that's a little frustrating for me. I think you're going to have some sharp bettors who just say, you know what, I'm going to grab the number. But the one thing that I've learned from betting postseason NBA is that, the playoffs are a completely different animal. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant said, are you a different animal and the same beast? Um, you know, we've saw it in years past. You look at a guy like James Harden. He's a different player than he is in the postseason. You look at the 2018 Raptors. They were 59-23, and 23, SRS of 7.29. They got swept by the Cavaliers. You look at the 2014 Hawks, 60-22, and 22, SRS of 4.75. Swept by LeBron. Um, you look at those LeBron James teams in, um, with the Cavaliers during his second stint. They looked horrible during the regular season. In the playoffs, they turned it on. So I think you could see the same thing with the Warriors. So I'm going to rest easy on, you know, number grabbing with the, the Kings. J- J- Beware J- let me- of the nerds, House. Beware <laughs> of the nerds. <laughs> I, I, I have a nerd question. I do wonder, I want to put, put this to both of you. Is there any way that we would say that Mike Brown being on the bench for the Kings and his experience with the Warriors, like, do we do we say that he knows where the some vulnerabilities, some hidden vulnerabilities might reside? The single biggest challenge with investing in the Kings is they're uh, a bad defense. They've been a bad defense all season long. That's not going to change. There isn't anything about you know them them showing up where you say, oh, this matchup will will help neutralize their bad defense. It's it's the contrary. Except Mike Brown. Do we do we put any I don't, we invest House, anything? I, okay. I don't. Because right. listen, uh, I don't. That's that's <laughs> what it boils down no. to. You know, like, says it, no. it, and listen, no knock on Mike Brown. He's done a fabulous job with the team this year. He's gonna win coach of the year. Raheem, I think when it comes down to Curry and those guys, there's no magic potion from a coaching standpoint. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the fact that the Warriors, they actually won the season series this year, um, three to one, and they actually won a game on the road. Um, and I mean, this is a Warriors team that, you know, has struggled on the road. So they went into Sacramento and beat Sacramento. And, you know, one thing that Draymond said that was interesting is that he actually said he hoped to play Sacramento and not because they, he thought that they were weak, but because, you know, it's a bus ride away. Um, it's, this is the first series in Northern 
California um, that we've seen in the postseason. So um, I don't know how much of an advantage Mike Brown is going to have here. (laughs) All right, gang, let's get into the Tuesday slate of playing games. We have two games. We have Atlanta and Miami. We have Minnesota and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Before we get into these games, though, Raheem, you're the man of the hour here. So before we do anything, the floor is yours, Mr. Hunter. Take it away. Okay, we got two NBA picks for today. We're going to go with the Atlanta Hawks plus five. I know a lot of people like the heat in this matchup, but my model makes this game heat minus 1.7. So that meets the threshold for a bet here. And, you know, really this line's a little bit baffling for me because these two teams played a two-game series on March the 4th and the 6th with the heat laying minus two and a half and minus three. Yes, the heat won both games. However... Hawks covered one, Heat covered the other. And, you know, what changed outside of the perception that the, like, that the Heat should be laying five here? So you're getting an extra possession here, and I think that creates some value. Um, I know the Heat are 27 and 14 straight up at home, but they're the second worst home covering team in the league at 14, 25, and two against the spread. Second worst behind the Dallas Mavericks. You know, the Heat are also 3-18 and 18 against the spread when laying three or more points this season. I don't see this Heat team as a team who's going to run away and hide. You know, they're 25th in offensive rating, so I just don't see them pulling away. And, you know, the one thing I'll say about the Hawks is that they're top 10 in limiting three-point attempts, which is key against this Heat team with Tyler Harrell, Max Struess. I just think, you know, Jimmy Butler has killed the Hawks. I mean, he's been absolutely dominant. But I think if they can limit everybody else, they should be able to get to this number. Trey Young has kind of struggled against the Heat in last year's playoffs. He averaged just 15 points per game on 31% shooting. But, you know, the Hawks, they did a thing this summer, and they added DeJounte Murray. That's going to be able to free him up to get some of the second ball handler so they can't trap. I like the Hawks plus five to keep this close. My second NBA pick for the hundreds. We're going to go with Minnesota Timberwolves, Los Angeles Lakers, over 231.5. Um, it's the first total I'm playing on the hundreds. Um, when you look at this Wolves team, they're missing their two best defenders, Rudy Gobert. He punched Kyle Anderson. Jaden McDaniels, he punched the wall, fractured his hand. And, you know, the issue for Gobert is that, you know, obviously he has his rim. He's not going to have his rim protection. But, you know, the loss of McDaniels is probably bigger because you're going to deal with LeBron James. So LeBron James and Anthony Davis should be able to get off. And I know the under is 6-1 and one in the last seven meetings between these two teams. But the most recent game... 123 to 111 went over the total of 232. For some reason, this line is a point shorter, which doesn't make sense to me. These two teams just played on March the 31st. Um, you know, both of these two teams are top 10 in pace. I mean, Lakers are sixth in pace, ninth in offensive length of possession, third in defensive length of possession. Wolves are 10th in pace, 10th in offensive length of possession, and fifth in defensive length of possession. So, you know, both of these teams play a fast-paced game. And, you know, you're going to see Carl Anthony Towns at center in this matchup. Carl Anthony Towns at center, you know, with him at center, they're scoring 129 points per one possessions and 337 possessions. So, I mean, those numbers are without D'Angelo Russell. So, um, you look at this Wolves team, they really can score with Cat with at center. Um, and then when you add in the fact that Rudy Gobert, when he's off the floor, the Wolves transition percentage goes from 25% to 30%. So, they should be able to get out and run, expect the Wolves to spread the floor. Um, they're facing this Lakers team, which is 22nd and three point shooting frequency um, allowed. So we was going to take a lot of threes. They're going to push the pace. I like this total to go over. The Lakers should score a lot. 
The Wolves should score a lot. Not going to play with the spread just because I think the Lakers have the edge here, but I think this is a high-scoring game. All right, Raheem. I'm with you on Atlanta. I I will play that. I know how Miami is the cockroach. They are the team that a lot of people don't want to see come playoff time. I think this game's competitive. I think they're kind of baiting you to lay five points with the more battle-tested Miami Heat. These teams know each other well. I just think five to Raheem's point, that's worth a flyer to me. I have no feeling for the total. But then we have Minnesota and the Lakers. Listen, everybody expects the Lakers to win this game. You got Minnesota players punching each other out in the final game of the regular season. What an absolute mess. Then you throw in a Nas Reed situation and his departure from this team. Uh, Any interest in making a case for the Timberwolves tonight or are you just parlaying the Lakers with everything? Uh, Yeah, I'm not making a case for for the T-Wolves. I think the T-Wolves honestly come out and play this game um, with some sets that prepare them for the Pelicans (laughs) for that game, which is going to be, what is it, Thursday or Friday? Pelicans, uh, Minnesota. I think the T Wolves will be preparing for that. They're, you know, they're they're uh, they they will have Gobert back for for that Pelicans game. That's the game to get them, you know, uh, locked into a, an actual playoff position. I don't want to lay the points with the Heat either. Um, and I uh, really, that's another team that underperformed this season. I am going to play a parlay of the Trey Young under points prop along with the heat to win. That's the way that I'm going to play that game. That that's, you know, because to, to dreams point, um, the best way for Atlanta to have success is, is by way of Murray and Murray with the ball in his hands. They need to play Trey off ball, but I, I just, the heat, the heat lock up Trey. Um, and I, I, I like the, the case that dream made for the total in that Lakers T wolves game. I'll join that one. That's a fun one. I got, a, I got a question for you guys, um, and I, I think this is going to be a popular play tonight. A square parlay. Um, Heat and Lakers on a parlay. What do you think of that? No, I think somebody screws it up. That's not, I mean, that's what I was thinking, too. And I think if there's a team that screws it up, it's the Lake. Uh, excuse me. It's the Hawks. It is not the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's just my two cents. That You're so right about that, Raheem. And the, the favorites have obviously had great success in the playing, and a lot of the trends are going to, you know, going to, enhance that point. Yeah, that seems a little too good to be true. Uh, I agree with you on that. Yeah, that pays minus 114. (laughs) Yeah, I'm out on that. I'm out. That's too good to be true. House, what's your thoughts on that? (laughs) Uh, It's the squares parlay that we've seen, you know, in months. So obviously I'm going to play it. Obviously I'm I'm on it. I mean, (laughs) you know how I roll. The the, the brim is flat and the head is square. Uh, I love it. I, I, I want... I want that Heat Celtics, so I want the Heat to go ahead and handle their business right now because it's the only way for the this this is the test. I've been calling the the Celtics the Charmin Celtics for a month. Let's go see. I mean, I, I I don't really hold this Heat team in very high regard because they've been so inconsistent and their defense has been so blah all season. But I want something out of this Celtics first round series. Let's let's have a little bit of a challenge. Lakers winning this game and going and, uh, and and being ready for Memphis. That is wonderful. So I, I, I'm, I'll I'm i go ahead and, and do the square parlay. I don't mind. Everybody knows I'm a square anyhow. All right, gang. We got two Wednesday playing games to take care of. Let's start first in the Eastern Conference. How so start with you? The Bulls, who fought their way into the postseason, played very well down a stretch against a 41-41 and Toronto Raptors team. Raptors laying five, all the money in the world, all the tickets in the world seem to be coming in on Chicago. 
Where do we stand with this game north of the border, my friend? I'm joining the square public. I feel square about this game. I love the Bulls in this situation. I feel like they have the two best players. I, I mean, all due respect to Pascal Siakam. I hate this Raptors team. I loathe what they did this season. They, they took a 46-win team. They ran back the exact same personnel. And they actually filled a hole finally. They were stubborn MFers for two seasons. We're not going to have a center. We're not going to have a center. They finally acquire a center at the trade deadline, and they're still mediocre. It's the same mediocre junk. I mean, I know that they their defense improved um, by the metrics, Post trade deadline with Jakob Pertl, um, but it's still they're, they're, it's a 500 team that should have been threatening 50 game potential winner. And the reason that they went down is effort. And I cannot tolerate teams that that show less effort season to season. I can't reward and uh, 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 Pascal Siakam. The whole team, that's an offensive rebounding team, that's a perimeter defense team, and they stunk at both of those things this season. I'm on the Bulls plus five in this game. Yeah, I'm on the Bulls as well. I mean, I like what the Bulls have done the second half of this year. Since the All-Star break, they're 14 and 9, net rating of plus 5.7. And, you know, like, I don't really get into the revenge angle, but, you know, this DeMar DeRozan coming back to Toronto. Um, This is the house that him and Kyle Lowry built. I know Kawhi Leonard eventually won a championship there, but I, I just think they have the best two players in this series in terms of being able to get your own shot. And the one thing I will say is that even though Toronto, I mean, look, on paper, this team should be a lot better. They have all these guys, these wing guys, and with a lot of length. But when it comes down to the end of the game, and I believe this game will be close, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan is going to be able to get their own shot. My model makes this game closer to a pick so, personally, I like the Bulls with the with the plus five. Uh, I will make a big deal of the DeMar DeRozan revenge game, Raheem, and I'll make it three <laughs> for three right out of the gate. We are rotting together with this one. Chicago plus five. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on Chicago to go and win the game outright. I have not been in love with Toronto all year. I like where Chicago is at. We'll make it three for three with the Bulls. All right, game number two, the upstart. Surprise, Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder, five-and-a-half-point dogs against Raheem's New Orleans Pelicans. Raheem's, I I will let you have the honors with this one. Five-and-a-half, where we going? I think this one's priced um, pretty appropriately. Um, But one thing I will say is, you know, Brandon Ingram is really built for these types of games. And I I would kind of recommend playing his prop total over just because, I mean, right now, I mean, he can get his own shot anytime he wants. I mean, this Pelicans team, I mean, they've been playing really well the last couple of weeks. So I I think they're ultimately going to win this game. But, I mean, when I look at it, you know, price-wise, I think it's right on point. I mean, the number's, like, right where it should be. So I'm personally not going to play anything um, unless it gets up to, like, six or seven. And then I think you can kind of grab the value with OKC. But I do think the Pelicans win this game. I love the angle that Dream just floated because you can do same-game parlay. You can play some Ingram props and then just parlay that with with, uh, the Pelicans to win outright. The Pelicans showed us last year they're built for this play-in. They're they're, they're ready to handle their business, and uh, you know their 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 depth should be the thing that kind of helps them. They 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 got a lot of guys, a lot of experience. 
over the course of the season because of the injury bug. Zion ain't coming back. Zion's going to be a nice cheerleader um, for the for these play-ins. Um, I just want to give Oklahoma City credit. Good job by them getting to the to the play-in. Good job by them playing the season out. I'm still mad about the five-game losing streak when they mysteriously sat SGA for some games because it was unnecessary for my uh, uh, observation and estimation. But uh, SGA is going to make either first team or second team all NBA. He deserves it. Good on Oklahoma City. The future is bright. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the Thunder. They're going to lose this game to the Pelicans, though. Yeah, I'm on New Orleans here. Built for the playing and playing trends. Eight and four ATS of favorites. Something to keep in mind as you're betting these games. All right, we'll come back, put a nice little bow on this East Coast bias. That's next. Before we say goodbye, best bet, round one, house, 10 seconds. Who you got? Golden State Warriors parlayed with the Phoenix Suns, parlayed with the Sixers. You get near even money on that one. Raheem. Let's go Philadelphia 76ers minus two in a hook. And for me, I'm keeping it simple. New York Knickerbockers plus one and a half games. The heart's talking. What can I say? For House, for Raheem. Good job by the War Gone Warrior. We're back next week on FanDuel TV. East Coast Bias, we out. Be good, everybody. <laughs> 